Welcome back, Play On Podcast listeners. This is your host, Josh Stavros. Today, we sit down with fall season sound designer Brad Barrage. Brad designed for both Two Gentlemen of Verona and Dracula. This is Brad's first season at the festival, and he's worked off-Broadway in Moses Man, Loot, 13 Things About Ed Carpalotti, Cactus Flower, Himself and Nora, and Nightmare Alley. Brad has also worked at other theaters such as Barrington Stage, Capitol Repertory Theater, George Street Playhouse, Wham Theater as an associate artist, the Sharon Playhouse, Gulf Shore Playhouse, Hope Summer Repertory, and Lincoln Amphitheater. He's also scored for Gator 9 Productions in Runaway, The Dream House, The Hero Within, The Last Day, and The Window. Brad was also creative director for the sound art collective Push the Button. In the new music duo, The Night I Found Out I Was Adopted, he's also a visiting faculty member at Indiana University, a guest lecturer at Williams College, University of Evansville, Berkshire Community College, and SUNY New Paltz. Brad, welcome to the uh, Play On Podcast. We're glad to have you with us today. Thank you. Uh, let's uh, jump right in with a little bit about you. Uh, talk to us about sort of what brought you into theater, where you're from, how you uh, became the composer, sound designer that you are today. I came to theater uh, through music. Uh, growing up, my, my father was, an in, was, a, was a musician, uh, kind of the weekend warrior, going out doing festivals and, and things. He was a gospel musician. And, and I have two younger brothers that were born a year apart. And, and when I was three and four years old, my dad leaving for the most of the weekend I think my mother said, take this one with you because <laughs> she had a, a one-year-old and a newborn. Yeah. So I would go out with my dad and his band just hanging out on the, on these gigs. And my babysitter was, my dad would sit me backstage at the monitor console, monitor sound console with all the meters bouncing back and forth. And just say, don't touch anything. And I don't ever remember you know, the music or anything. I remember watching the meters jumping back and forth and that somehow in my brain related people making sound to actually some kind of like a cause and effect type. Yeah. Thing. And so I always had an interest in sound technology, but didn't consider it as a career uh, or a career option. And then when I got to college, I took an intro to theater course at the University of Southern Indiana where I went to school and you got a bonus point or a bonus grade if you work crew on a show. I said, well, I know a little bit about sound. I'll work crew on the show. And I was a pre-law political science major <laughs> at the time. And just being in the theater around the people that kind of instantly changed it all. And then... So that's, I was like, I would really like to do this. And then my professors were wise in presenting how I could actually make a career doing that. So I pursued it and, and went with it and came, uh, was focused on technology for a long time and did some design, not really composition. Mm -hmm. And then kind of came to composition finding that when I was doing shows, I never could quite find someone else's music that I liked. And I had the baseline of skill as a musician from my family and growing up and playing guitar and uh, playing a lot in college with friends. And so I just kind of crafted that into a composer skill and 
started composing the music that I actually wanted to hear in a show, and that's how it's kind of laid out that way. Uh, I'm I'm a sound designer first and a composer second, and I compose based on what the needs of the sound design are. For our listeners who may not know exactly what a sound designer does, because it's sometimes, unfortunately, not what people think about when they think about watching live theater. They're thinking about perhaps the visuals and the, the what they're experiencing on stage visually. Talk to us about what a sound designer does and brings to a, a production. Uh, it can it can be complicated, complicated answer. But uh, you're the in a purely or a holistically visual field. You're the only non-visual element in that field. So what a sound designer has to do is support the visual picture that the people are seeing on stage or reinforce the visual picture. And then in a sometimes in a cinematic way, craft the the sound experience or musical uh, interjections that will support the story of the play through what the actual text is, what the treatment of the show is, and collaborating with the director, actors, and other designers to make a cohesive cohesive story. So it's more than just the music in a show, either or between in the scenes or between scenes that there it's the it's the full soundscape. Yes. It's uh and it, it can range based on what the production is from uh creating the entire sonic environment of what is on stage to uh just laying out whatever the scripted sound effects are, but making sure those are correct and telling the story so that when the audience hears them, it doesn't pull them out of the story. It just feels like it's part of it naturally. And, you know, I have the two shows working on here so vastly different in in relating to that. Like, two gents, uh, I'm just peppering in the sonic environment that would occur naturally where these people are. Mm -hmm. And that's not, it's not something you hear necessarily. It's something that you feel like they're in the evening time in the forest and the, and the sounds that would accompany that. That's not something that people are going to, well, I hope it's not something you're going to stop watching the show and listen to and say, wow, that really sounds like a forest. (laughs) Uh, It'll just feel like a forest and it'll feel natural. So it's a, it can range, and then you go to Dracula, where the sounds are huge and 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 over dramatized and and loud and coming from everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's very cinematic in its attempt at the at the sound design. So it's it's it can range as to what sound design does, but ultimately it has to tell the story, and that can be accomplished in a myriad of ways, and with with varying degrees of success, but hopefully it's a focus on how does the sound help tell the story. There's an axiom I've heard before, speaking of the, what you're saying, that, that, that I know, and I've heard it from to sound and lighting designers mostly, that the ultimate goal in a design in your medium is that it is completely seamless and blended and that you don't have that sort of stepping out experience of noticing the design. Do you feel like that's true in all productions or, or even between two gentlemen of Verona and, and Dracula, does that axiom really not hold true? It, it does. It's, it's, if you walk out 
and you notice the and you want to comment on one of the design elements over the way the story was told mm -hmm. then I, don't, I think it was a failure it has to be wow that was a great play oh i really like the sound yeah too yeah but if it if i really like the sound first comes before I, the, the play was great then i i think it's a failure talk about you mean you brought up the extreme differences in style uh talk about your approaches between two gentlemen of verona and dracula in terms of you're on the design team you've got the contract you've read the script what what next for you as you work on these shows i always try to boil it down to to having one phrase that i like to talk about it and it's what is the show about if i know what the show is about and usually one or two sentences then I keep that in the back of, the, of my mind and everything that I do away, you know, from crafting the sound score to, to 